1: plus original programs minor league broadcasts and local pre and post game shows go to
2: mlb.tv
1: to start your free trial today blackout and other restrictions apply major league baseball trademarks used with permission so how did it go usually it depends on who you ask i'm paul james along with my colleague al jones and we're joined by longtime 1010 Wins political analyst Robert Zimmerman, Democratic National Committeeman from New York and co-president of ZE Creative Communications, and George Marlin, former head of the Court Authority and author of a number of books. We're also joined by ABC News political analyst Alex Castellanos. Alex, let's, uh, let's begin with you. Let's get your take on uh, how things went for each of the candidates.
2: Yes, well... I think uh, tonight was, uh, if anything changed at all tonight, it was not something that helped Donald Trump. I think I may have been watching the wrong debate. I I tuned into the children's debate. Both candidates were talking over each other, and it uh, it was frankly something that America, I don't think, wanted to watch. I will say that Biden passed the mental ability test he did not look like a man who was incapable of being president of the united states he got into the back and forth with donald trump gave as good as he got and so low expectations but he exceeded them and i think tonight was a good night for joe biden it was not a good night for a for an out of control donald trump that Was not the kind of candidate that a lot of swing voters would want to support.
1: Well, our mind's going to be changed because uh, many polls indicate that uh, most people are in one camp or the other. Of course, even if it's a small percentage of undecided voters or independents, a small percentage may well be very significant. But what do you think on that question?
2: I think there are very few swing voters left, but Trump needs them all. You know, he could win the electoral college and still lose by 5 million votes he lost by 2 million last time but that's drawing to an inside straight that's very hard trump has no margin for error he needed to get a little momentum with with suburban women tonight he's been losing some democratic working class blue collar men that that obama obama and then trump voter Uh, is concerned about racial turmoil in the country, and they wanted to see a president who could maybe bring some calm. They didn't see that in Donald Trump tonight.
1: What about the tone, and does it really matter? It was contentious. You mentioned people were talking over each other and interrupting. Does that matter, or is that not all that significant?
2: actually frank luntz and and other pollsters have done a lot of research on this and when you do a dial group and you run a debate like this in front of voters they uniformly reject the candidate that interrupts and talks over others uh it is disorderly it is chaotic it is immature and you don't want an immature candidate or president so yes believe it or not style has a substance look if if all we wanted to know the candidates positions we'd have them send in position papers why do we put them on a debate stage to go at each other because we want to see if they'll conduct themselves as grown-ups as mature people as leaders as responsible stewards of our authority and i think voters saw two kids tonight going calling each other names but i think biden was maybe a about two or three years older than Trump.
1: What do you think in terms of uh, President Trump's strongest moments tonight?
2: I think when the president talked about law and order, when he calmed down and talked about uh, if we'd had better forest management, California wouldn't be on fire every year. When he talked about uh, the uh, uh, getting rid of uh, of this racial sensitivity training that is embarrassing people and enforcing people injecting politics into the workplace the president had some good moments but they paled in significance to the moments that we'll remember and the moments that the media will replay all week the media will replay the fist fight not the substance
1: same and question. the fist fight's not going to help same question uh, for uh, uh, regarding uh, joe biden
2: Oh, Joe Biden's moments. I think when Biden says, uh, said, uh, he, he can't do that. He can't stay quiet. I think when he, he gave as good as he got to Donald Trump, he demonstrated the strength, uh, to be president. If you can get in the ring with the heavyweight champ, you must be the heavyweight contender and Biden did that tonight. He didn't look mentally feeble. Yes. He stuttered over a few words, but he looked capable, knowledgeable. And I think over the next week, the critical post-debate coverage, what's the media going to do? It's going to replay Biden's greatest hits, and it's going to replay Donald Trump's conflicts. That's not going to help Trump. It will help Biden. ABC News political analyst Alex Castellanos, thank you so
1: much for joining us. We're going to go now to our Al Jones, along with Robert Zimmerman and George Marlin. Al, you there? I'm here,
3: Paul, and you know who had the hardest job tonight? That would be Chris Wallace. Uh, man, he had uh, he had his hands full trying to keep him apart, and I just wonder how the rest of these debates are going to go because I thought he'd be able to control it a bit, but at times it got out of control with all three going at the same time.
4: How, uh, folks, absolutely folks agree do you to, have any an idea, to idea of what of this socialized doing? They call it do you you have any do? Socialized medicine. Mr. President. Oh, I'll tell you
3: what. It's not easy being the moderator when you have two candidates going at it like they did. I'm not sure that anybody you think anybody's, uh, minds were swayed on this? Um, I think we pretty much heard from both of them, their positions, uh, in and amongst all the, you know, the arguing and the talking over, but we got everything pretty much straight. I, I just don't, I don't see where this debate, you know, moved a lot of needles as far as, uh, you know, people on one side of the fence or other. What do you think, uh, Paul, how about George, George, why don't you give me your thoughts? Was, did, uh, president Trump, uh, come out and, uh, maybe get a few of those, um, you know, the swing people, or was it kind of a, you know, draw?
4: Well, let me put it from this perspective. I was a debater in high school and college. Uh, I thought it was pretty good, won a lot of awards. And for 45 years, I've judged debates of championship debaters in high school and college. So I take a different perspective. I sort of score points. And Trump fell far behind in my judgment. I'm a conservative, okay? And I've written several histories, political histories of New York and focused on conservative and liberals in battles, Mario Cuomo versus Kosh, et cetera, when you saw debates. But Trump was not prepared. He did not articulate his accomplishments the way he could have. He missed opportunities to uh, zero in on some of the misstatements that uh, Biden made. Take the Supreme Court discussion at the beginning. Trump failed to state his constitutional powers. Constitution says there's a vacancy. I can nominate someone. Uh, he did not point out that Biden in 2016, in election year, wanted Merrick Godlin, Obama's choice to pull Scalia going, and this year he's against it in the election period. So he failed to pick up on all these pieces. He didn't articulate that he, his accomplishment of pointing over 200 judges to the bench from my vantage point as a conservative was a great accomplishment. So he sort of failed in all these areas because he's not prepared to articulate his views half the time and he falls back on name calling Now there's name calling on both sides. Biden called Trump a fool, a clown, a liar. But the point is Joe Biden was expected to not really perform tonight. Trump portrayed him as a dope, as brain dead and Trump did a, uh, and Biden did a very good job and Trump failed to articulate many of the things he did in this thing. So in my judgment, uh biden will be judged by the media and the pundits to be the winner of the night
0: robert simerman you know presidential debates are not so much about scoring points as george made reference to uh which is important when you're analyzing debates from a scientific or uh scientific way but debates are presidential debates are about perceptions i remember al gore saying to me with great frustration i can't possibly live up to the expectation and george george w bush uh, laughing and saying, if I don't fall off the stage, I'm a winner. And in fact, the Trump campaign made the, the, the classic mistake that, in fact, the Democrats made in 1980, when the Democrats mocked Ronald Reagan and uh, it dismissed him as an incompetent uh, right-wing actor. And of course, when we went on the debate stage, it showed something very different. Uh, so in this case, in terms of perceptions, Joe Biden showed that he certainly could stand on that stage, make his case, uh, and stand up to uh, Donald Trump and make his argument. And Donald Trump, which is particularly dangerous for an incumbent president with his rants, his red face, uh, his constant interrupting, those are the tactics of someone who's defensive. And those are the tactics of someone who's out of control. And I think he did not show the one, Donald Trump had to show he was presidential. He had to show he had to be, was able to reach senior citizens on the healthcare issues. He had to show he was able to persuade voters. He didn't change anything. And when you're Nine points, 10 points down, and you can't change opinions, then you've lost the debate. So I think it was, uh, for Donald Trump, a bad night without question. and I think for Joe Biden, it was a good night because he beat expectations
4: and showed
1: he could handle himself on the stage. George, would you agree with that general characterization? Well, I
4: I think in many ways we're on the same wavelength here. However, let me point out, Chris Wallace, for instance, did not press Biden on the stuffing of the courts. Biden just said, I just don't want to answer it. Uh, he didn't, he he evaded, he didn't press Biden on the ending the filibuster. You know, he didn't give a straight answer. And then there was Joe Biden saying, I am the Democratic Party platform. There is no manifesto. Well, there is a manifesto. And he signed it. And he signed on to the Green New Deal of AOC from Queens, et cetera. So there are a lot of missed opportunities by Trump to bring that home. Wallace didn't press him. So he got a free ride on some stuff. But overall, yeah. overall, Biden was the winner of the night there is no doubt my mind about it and,
0: and george i have to say to you uh chris wallace didn't press donald trump on the 400 million dollars that he owes and has to be paid off during uh, the next several years while he might be in office who does he owe the money to he didn't raise that he certainly didn't press donald trump on the lies about covid and coronavirus that bob that he admitted to bob woodward in his book so in fact there were aspects there that uh You can also point out, I think Chris Wallace did the best he could in an impossible
3: situation. Al Jones? You know, I, th- I thought uh, President Trump actually started off pretty strong. I mean, his first, uh, when the first questions were on the Supreme Court and he was asked about uh, being able to choose so close to the election, I mean, it was straight, we won and elections have consequences.
4: We have a higher deficit with China now than we did before. We have the highest deficit, trade deficit China with Mexico. China ate your lunch, All right, right, eight gentlemen K- in, in, China in. ate your lunch,
3: Joe. But then it devolved into basically talking over each other. And there's another point where I thought maybe the president could have done more with the economy talking a little bit more about gains that he made in the first two and a half three years uh, it just seemed to get into this uh, back and forth I have to one up somebody and um, I think yeah I, I think I agree that he seemed to be a lot of missed opportunities for him to you know state something get it out there uh, I think he did great with the Supreme Court choice I think he essentially said hey we won we get to choose which is true so that was a direct answer that had to ring true with people it said when he got into some of these arguments with uh, joe biden and they just went back and forth talking over each other i'm not sure anybody wins in those kind of deals
1: what you about know, i go ahead what?
3: i was gonna Please say
0: come.
3: i think it's important to remember what the overarching issues are in this campaign
0: and that is the coronavirus pandemic the tragic loss of over 208,000 lives The fact that we're not out of this yet and of course the impact it had on the economy all the rest is while it's important to many of us it's really sideshows versus the issue of public health and safety and rebuilding our economy and in fact uh, i think donald trump's failure to address that comprehensively not acknowledging he does the way he couldn't even present a plan for how to protect people with pre-existing conditions or an alternative to the affordable care act Those are issues that are resonating. It's what Democrats won on in 2018, and he's making uh, Trump is still as vulnerable
4: now in 2020. Well, there's another issue that wasn't hit on very hard, and that's the violence in the streets from the protesters. Joe Biden turns around and says to Trump, violence has gone up under your administration. Well, wait a minute. The answer should have been from Trump. Wait a minute. These are radical left wingers in the streets that are destroying cities, destroying businesses, you know, hitting people over the head in the streets, violent violence all over the place in cities where these protests are going on, he failed to throw that back on the Democratic Party where it belongs. These are Biden supporters out in the streets committing these acts. These well, Black for, for Lives for Matter these radicals, are, these are Democratic supporters. So George. again, a missed opportunity by Trump to bring that home. George, George Watt, let's, be, let's, let's be very
0: clear. They are not... De- Democrats. They're not Democrats. They They are are supporting your party. Also, George, George, let's be very clear. Don't you think Donald Trump don't you think Donald Trump should have denounced right-wing viol- violence as well from the Proud Boys and the right-wing extremist groups? Well, I tell like, you don't what, in the don't you, Let me finish months. my point, George. Don't talk over me. We yeah. learned from tonight. <laughs> don't you, don't you think, don't here. Don't
4: items, don't you think
0: also that Donald Trump should denounce QAnon, a group that's been defined by the FBI as a potential domestic terrorist threat? When it comes to right-wing violence, Donald Trump
4: does not denounce it. Well— Let's be frank. In the last couple of months, I haven't seen so so much so-called right-wing violence. I'm a man of the right, OK? And I, I prefer to define what they are, not some of these radical groups, which are really not right-wing. They're nuts. But the Black Lives Matter people have turned to violence, they're members of your party. They're supporters of your party. So don't give me baloney like we're responsible for violence. Of course, we're not. They don't hear what they want to hear from the courts or from an attorney general. They turn to the streets. That's called mob rule. And are we going to see that in November? I hope not. If this election isn't decided there's on November. A, there's therapy. a big,
0: there's a big difference between looters and mobsters that you're referring to, and people who stand up for criminal ju- criminal justice reform. And that's what Black Lives Matter is all about. They've had an Black Lives Matter's
4: impact. members have been on the streets burning and destroying businesses. Okay, George, people's rights have gone George, down. Don't the confuse rat hole thugs. property owners' rights have gone down the rat hole in recent Don't days.
0: diminish thugs and vi- people Same. who perpetrate violence when people fighting for criminal There are, justice there reform. There are
4: left-wing thugs out on the so are you North prepared
0: East. to denounce, so shouldn't Donald Trump denounce QAnon? Shouldn't
4: he denounce have, right-wing I, I extremists? To denounce oil-violent people, regardless of their political stripes. Joe however, Biden has done that. However, Donald Trump hasn't. All right. What about Joe Biden? Uh, no, 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 no. He threw the violence in Trump, like Trump's fault. There's been more violence under your in your term of office than under our term of office, Obama or Biden. But who started yeah. most of this violence in recent months? OK, they're left wingers, not right wingers.
1: Let's talk about uh, briefly uh, the, the crime we've been talking about with respect to New York City and the economic problems that uh, New York City is having and other municipalities with respect to uh, police funding and that kind of thing. George?
4: uh Oh, you want me to go first? Well, first of all, I'm the the son and grandson of New York City cops. And my 93-year-old father was in a nursing home uh, called me to say, do you see what's going on in the streets here? Do you see what's happening in terms of crime in the city of New York? This is exactly what happened during the Lindsay years when my father was a cop, when suddenly the cops are the bad guys in general, more important Society is responsible for crime. That's the theoretical background. And therefore, many, many, many criminals are victims of society. So they're getting a pass by DAs, etc. in the city of New York. That governing philosophy back in the 70s under Lindsay brought the city to its knees from a criminal point of view. We saw rampant Crime through the 90s until Rudy Giuliani was elected mayor of the city of New York.
1: All right, we're running short on time here. We're running short on time here, and uh, I'd like to ask each of you to just uh, wrap up your your general observations, your thoughts about how it went uh, overall tonight. We'll start with Robert Zimmerman.
0: Well, first, let me just say crime is not a partisan issue. There's crime and violence increased in Republican cities and Democratic cities. But let me also point out, no question, let me also point out, though, in terms of evaluating this debate and this evening, one, as an analyst, I have to say that uh, obviously, I think, as George and I agree, it was a good night for Joe Biden, a bad night for Donald Trump. But I have to say, more importantly, I'm hoping that Americans watching this debate and the spectacle don't get discouraged and remember to vote by absentee ballot show up in person because I really do worry about the impact on our democracy when Donald Trump continues to diminish the uh, the the process of voting and says it's a fraud or when for that matter he doesn't even support the peaceful transition of power. Every Republican should call him out on that because Trump's failure to support a transition of a peaceful transition of power is a betrayal of every American principle.
1: George Marlin, final thoughts. I've got 30 seconds.
4: Thirty seconds. Well, first of all, I don't know of any Republican controlled city. So but to move on, I agree. Uh, Biden had a very good night tonight. I agree with Robert Zimman as well, that we are hoping that people don't get discouraged. I'm hoping people ignore comments like the comment from Hillary Clinton who said, uh, Joe Biden should concede no matter what. I hope it's a straight election, and regardless who the winner is, that we have a peaceful transition and peaceful ending in this campaign, and people don't go out to the streets on November 4th.
1: I would like to thank our special guests, Robert Zimmerman, Democratic National Committeeman from New York and co-president of ZE Creative Communications, and George Marlin, former head of the Port Authority and author of numerous books. Also would like to thank ABC News political analyst Alex Castellanos. Al Jones as well, my colleague, and our producer, Matt Blezzo, executive producer, Ivan Lee. I'm Paul James. We get it. Attention
0: spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?